We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for rapid fire. Let's do it. And I'll throw some other stuff in here uh, as we go as well. So Notre Dame unveiled their green jerseys and uniforms for the September 23rd Ohio State game. Do you buy or sell the look? Um, I am a big buyer of the look. And hopefully you can see my screen in some ways um, because I am presenting now. The jerseys. Um, so first, <laughs> jerseys I jerseys and pants. I guess we should say, yeah, the full combination. So I, I'll just start off, kind of, you know, I, I buy the look, and I would put the look at just about a nine out of ten. And the only reason um, I wouldn't go a ten out of ten is because I would like just a little bit more white sprinkled in there. Um, but I thought they nailed the uniforms with the green, all green, uh, white lettering, and the gold trim. Um, I would have maybe liked to see like a whiter gold kind of stripe down the side of the pants. But I think if you're going to go green, you have to go all green. You know, like that's the emphasis. I saw a lot of people complaining on social media about, yeah, like, why not go white pants or, you know, whatever. And like, I, I get that, you know, like would it have been cool. Sure. But again, to me, if you're going to go green, you might as well do do the whole thing. I just would have liked a little bit more color again, maybe with a white stripe or a white and gold stripe down the side of the pants, you know, whatever it might be. I just would like to see a little bit more um, of the accents on the pants. Um, but here are some of those more finer details. And yours truly put this beautiful slideshow together. <laughs> um, I think the cleats look really cool, too. You know, again, all green yeah. with, with the gold. Um, and I, I like the minimal details. You know, it's it's just got the ND emblem um, on the shoulder pads. Again, all white with the, the trim of gold. And the same thing you see on, on Sam Hartman's kind of hip pocket there. Uh, above his thigh pad, another, you know, Notre Dame emblem uh, that's white and uh, with the gold trim. And then here's some more kind of full zoomed out uh, body picks. I, I think they look great all together. Like, again, I think if if we wanted to get down to the picky nitty gritty, yeah, like we could we could, you know, fine tune or tweak some of some stuff here or there. But I like I really think they nailed the jersey top. And that's the most important part. Um, they kept it relatively simple, which, again, I like. They didn't overcomplicate it. They didn't add a bunch of, you know, like uh, in some of the Shamrock Series uniforms, we see uh, some unnecessary, in my opinion, stuff here and there. 
Uh, but these are really nice and simple. I like the shade of green. And again, if, if you're going to wear the green uniforms, I like the idea of, of going all out, wearing all green. I think you hit it right there at the end. I think this is the best shade of green possibly they've ever had. I like this green. It's a lot better than the Kelly green that yes. they've had. This 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 look with, you know, this is something that we've talked about. The white on green is much better looking than the blue on green. Yes, with those 100%. Kelly greens that they've worn the last couple of years when they've had the greens. I like this a lot better. I can take or leave the green pants. Um, you know, I'd still prefer that they go gold, but at the same time, I also would not mind if they had you know, a uh, a white pant to go along with this green jersey because I think but that would you be a really good look like a, as well. a white stripe down the side and then maybe like a gold thinner stripe on each side of that white stripe. Like wouldn't that like a pinstripe yeah. almost, in, almost in baseball pants? See, that's what like, I wouldn't that take it home for you if they went to with these all green pants. I think so because I'm I've I'm. I'm on record. I pretty consistently said that I've never been a fan of the monochrome type, you know, <laughs> look, which is what this is, but it's different enough that I guess I can kind of forgive it a little bit. I, I agree. I think that, you know, maybe a white stripe down the leg would would kind of break it up a little bit, make it make it, you know, look even a little bit crisper, like you said, but I can live with this because I like the green so much compared to what they've had before. So oh, you I'm, know that these I'm up there are nine as well, like crazy. Yeah. Like these, yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on one of these. I might have to buy a Sam Hartman jersey. I don't know, but I can't remember the last time I've been so excited to potentially buy a jersey, let alone a quarterback jersey for Notre Dame. And I, I just, I think that the nail, the these are nailed. Um, and I think Sam Hartman wearing these along with Audric Estime is like your perfect kind of uh, um, display, you know, or mannequin, whatever you might want to call it. Yeah. And from what I understand, we could be seeing another set of uniforms announced here in the near future, you know, in terms of the Shamrock series. So we'll see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Scale of 1 to 10, rate the Jerry Maguire-themed video they made to make the announcement. So uh, I'm probably going to disappoint a lot of people here, uh, mainly you. I watched the video, and I knew it was in reference to something, but I couldn't figure out what it was in reference to. I knew that they were trying to do something. Um, I Googled Jerry Maguire. It is a 1996 film. That's the same year I was born. I think people got to cut me some slack here. I, I don't think I I might have seen the movie. Like if it, it, it's you've seen it, I know you've watched it. It's probably been on at the house at some point when I've you know, but I seen just it can't a few remember times. it. Yeah, I can't really remember it. Um, again, I knew that they were trying to do something. You know, it was it was in reference to something. Um, so I'll have to leave it up to you of how well uh, they pulled it off. But I, I don't think it was cringy or anything. I thought it was relatively funny. And I thought, it, like most stuff that they've been doing, I like the effort of putting it into some sort of like skit. You know what I mean? It's 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 better than years past of just kind of nothing, right? Like I think this brings a, just a little bit more fun and excitement to it. Even if you're someone like me, where you're like, what is this in reference to? They did. You see, and that's the thing. I mean, you're not that old. You're 27, and the movie, <laughs> as you said, came out around the time you were born. You know, the movie I think was like 95, 90. It was like in that in that range so like sam hartman and audric estime who were in the video and audric was doing the cuba gooding jr cuba gooding jr by the way won an academy award for playing rod tidwell show me the money you know was that was what the whole audric was 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 mimicking was the show me the money thing I, you know i just felt like it was a, a bit of a dated reference it wasn't like the hangover last year which is still like it's it's actually kind of amazing to think of how old the hangover is now you know like when you think of like the hangover came out when there were still flip phones like before the smartphone ever came out and like if there was a smartphone when they were doing the hangover how much that changes the whole plot of that movie and you know like that movie is like half as old as Jerry Maguire. So I just felt like they probably had to explain to Audric Estime exactly who he was, you know, supposed to be mimicking in this. And like the tweets were coming out last night and they were doing the retweets. Did you know the human brain weighs eight pounds? And, you know, he's like throwing out Trey Aikman stats and all that stuff, which the kid is doing in Jerry Maguire. But, you know, I thought they did a decent enough job oh, of it. Oh, that's what that was in reference but to. This is why I've got to give it like a six and a half, seven, just because if you're not probably 35 years or older, you don't get any of the references in that thing. So, And maybe even older than that, maybe even have to be closer to Vince's age. Because like Vince, <laughs> Vince would have been like 15 when that movie came out and he's in his early 40s now he's like 42 going on 43 so i don't know they did a good enough job it's just like very dated references though yeah i think you i would know. have liked something a little bit more uh like hangover-esque right something a little bit more relevant a little bit more current um 
And, you know, maybe it, <laughs> I start to think about like there's these recruits coming into college now. Like they <laughs> you have no idea. You complete me. Derek says to Jesse, uh oh, uh oh, Vince is here. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade, but I know Vince doesn't remember anything, you know, past like a, you know, past like a, a 15 year old reference. So, <laughs> but yeah, I just think if someone like myself, like you, you reference has a hard time, you know, knowing what the references are, think about recruits who are even younger than I. Uh, I just, right. I think that would be my only complaint. I thought the video was well done. It was still overall like amusing and I enjoyed it, even though I didn't know what was going on. Um, and again, I appreciate the effort, right? It's like, they, they don't just go out and say, here's our green uniforms and post some pictures. Like yeah. there's at least effort of something to accompany um, this reveal. For sure. The, the old social media fighting Irish media who's putting them together. They have, uh, they've been very creative the last few years they've they've been coming on strong with all the stuff that they're uh they're cranking out over there shout out to vince though all right so marcus freeman told espn.com's adam rittenberg this in terms of his first year approach compared to how he's approaching things with his team now here's what freeman said last year i'm talking about national championships winning the 12th and all this stuff in your nine and four that's what I've gone away from. Don't even talk about those things. All we need to do is focus on reaching our full potential. Who cares about week 12? Stop talking about national championships. That's too big. It's too big for them to really understand what it takes for that to be the result. That's been my mindset. That's got to be our mentality that every game we perform at our full potential, we reach the full potential as a program. If that's good enough to beat every team we play, great. If not, then we better recruit better but we control how we perform so that again from marcus freeman what do you think of that shift in mentality Jess? yeah i really like this uh shift in mentality and i think it shows uh some of the the mature or the maturity or the growth of marcus freeman you know as a as a head coach in year one to a head coach in year two uh we talked about you know what does Notre Dame need to change or what is you know the players need to look like and the upgrade at quarterback and the upgrade at wide receiver and blah 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 you know i i, I really think that one thing that is often overlooked is this is a guy, a young coach in year two um, at a, at a big time university. And so to already have such a, a drastic change in mindset to me shows again, really good growth on behalf of Marcus Freeman. And it's something that I personally buy into as well. There's no reason uh, to get concerned about week 12 or, you know, the overarching uh, national championship uh, umbrella or, or, or stuff like that. It's, it's gotta be, you focus on, the data point at hand, and that is one week at a time. You play to your full potential one week at a time, and you do everything uh, in your possibility to be prepared um, at that, you know, for per that given week. Uh, so I think you're going to see uh, a team that is going to play better. Um, and to me, this shrinks the opportunity uh, for for opportunities like Stanford um, or Marshall to kind of creep back in because that's how those things get exploited is you're thinking too far down the road. You're thinking too far bigger picture. And a team like Stanford rolls in and executes a really solid game plan. And again, you're too concentrated on the bigger level uh, rather than focusing on this game plan and what it takes to beat someone like Stanford. Yep. And Tim, Tim B says, prove it by not playing down to lesser competition. And theoretically, just kind of what you were wrapping up with there, Jesse, this shift in mindset is geared toward, a, you know, 
alleviating that, like not playing down to the level of competition. Because if you're talking about national championships right off the bat, your 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 focus is yeah, I mean, way every, too big. You're not focused on this snap. Yeah, you're not focused on this snap, this play. You know the, the whole thing, and you know, like you can talk about cliches and all these different things, and coaches talk about the process and all that kind of stuff. But this is essentially like. If you're talking about winning national championships, which, you know, like that should be on your goal board or, you know, up on, you know, your team meeting room, that should be something that's up there. But your day-to-day focus has to be more on this kind of stuff that Marcus Freeman is talking about. And Andrew says he agrees with the quotes. The Red Sox have the same mentality in 2004 when they were down against the Yankees one game at a time. Don't let us win tonight like Kevin Millar said like who's Notre Dame's Kevin Millar who's their big poppy more importantly you know like who's who's that guy for Notre Dame to me it's got to be the guy who's got a lot of wisdom and experience and even though that they haven't been in big time games I still think that they've played enough games to kind of know you know that we can calm down here a little bit you know we we can find a relief valve to escape this and to me that's got to be Sam Hartman he's the commander of your offense He's got all of the experience to back it up. He's got to have the the maturity to bring the calmness to the room when everything else seems to be on fire. Like that, that to me is Sam Hartman um, offensively. And then defensively, uh, I'd have to go between the, uh, it would have to be Bertrand for me. Cause I think that uh, he's the overall leader of that defense, either Bertrand or Kaiser, just because they're really, they, 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 they are going think- to uh, control the entire defense. And again, they have a lot of that experience and veteran leadership. I think Bertrand is your Millar. He's, you know, he's like that, that guy, you know, like, don't, don't let us win tonight. You know, like, like that emotional type stuff, but like, just based on how he performed, especially the second half of last season, Benjamin Morrison is like your poppy right now though. Right. Like your clutch guy, your guy that's going to make a play in a big moment. Yeah. Going to give you a game changing uh, type possession or play, right? Like that's that's what Big Poppy was doing, was hitting home runs that were game-changing. Uh, in terms of defensively, a game-changer is someone like Benjamin Morrison who can flip the field and get you the ball back um, and create extra possessions. I want to go back to the uh, to the Jerry Maguire show me the money. Andrew with a good one. They should have brought in Sean Astin, Rudy's 30th year anniversary. Here's what they need to do that's that's like the perfect that like they could have you know like recreated the dan divine scene where they're you know walking in and they're throwing the jerseys on the table coach i don't want to wear blue i want to wear green you know i want to wear green jerseys you know that that kind of thing where like they're stacking the jerseys on uh on the coach's desk i think that's something something like that for the next time they do a jersey reveal i think that i think that rudy has to be worked in there somehow don't you (laughs) Like everyone, everyone yeah. gets the Rudy references, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're around Notre Dame, you'll definitely understand the Rudy references. Yep. So, so speaking of the green jerseys, not to, uh-huh. I we kind of got back on it. You know, there's a group of people out there. Like I, I sent the green jerseys to a group, uh, a group text of mine. I was like, man, these green jerseys look awesome. And someone immediately said, it's basically along the lines of like. I wish they would never wear those cursed green uniforms. Do you buy into that at all? People saying that these, no. that the green uniforms have some sort of curse around them or, you know, it doesn't matter what you wear. And I can't I, tell I just, you off the top of my head, but they've actually played better 
in not played better, but like the whole green is a is a jinx kind of thing used to be a thing when they've worn <laughs> when they've worn something green in recent years they've actually won games. In the well, game. it used to so. be the green uniforms came out for every important game. It was like right. when Notre Dame and USC see, were like top five opponents. Like, well, you know, that's it's just a hard game that happens to go the just the wrong way. This is the way they should be doing it, though. And this is the this is what I've said before. If you're going to do a green game. You do it how they've done it the last two years. You make the announcement well in advance. You let everyone know this is the green game. You're not doing it like, you know, Boston College and some of these other games where, you know, they've come out, they've warmed up in blue, they've gone back to the locker room, they come out, you know, they're wearing green. You know, it's like now you're saying we need the green to, you know, to give us some kind of energy or emotion that's basically just going to wear off in five minutes once the ball is snapped. Just do it. Do it like they do now. Announce it well in advance. Announce what your green game is going to be and go with that. See, I so. think it's funny because there's like a there's a conversation in the chat. Like this is a real we go. This is it? a real thing. Like I, I genuinely never knew that I was like, this this it's just a jersey, you know, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as a jinx or a hoax. And people are like, well, after this game, this is when it was, you know, nullified. But before that, they were, you know, I don't know. I just think That's it's right. funny to see that dialogue. Um going on that's exactly right uh wanted to go back andrew was asking is Jaden greathouse similar to michael floyd seems like he may play heavy minutes i think he's gonna play a lot this year and i've not you know gone all in with freshman receivers very much but this is a very talented receiver and again like just going back to his route running and his hands you know like in the combination of the two Plus the size and, and you know just the physical athletic skills that he has, like I you know I don't know that he's going to produce necessarily like Michael Floyd right away, and I, you know I wouldn't get quite that carried away, but I do think this is a guy who's going to play a lot this year. I am uh, I'm buying in on that already. I like the comparison. Yeah, and Andrew is asking. I think somebody might have answered this earlier. Yes, Zeke Carell is the center. And uh, we were talking about the guards earlier, but Carell is the center. Fill in the blank, Jess. Notre Dame 2024 offensive line commit Styles Prescott showing up at the Grill and Chill recruiting event Sunday wearing a Catholics versus Convicts t-shirt is blank. Is a bold move, Cotton. But I respect it. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I respect it because... See, they could have think... done a dodgeball. They could have done a dodgeball. <laughs> I think it's um, – I don't think you wear that shirt unless you, like, are intending to make some sort of impression, right? Like, you don't just show up uh, to a Notre Dame cookout and, and basically reference one of the greatest, you know, rivalries or moments in, you know, college football uh, slash Notre Dame football history. So, I love the boldness. I think it was awesome. And, again, to me, it shows – his intent and how serious, you know, that Notre Dame means to him, right? Like you don't just, I, again, I just don't think you show up to, to something like this unless you have a lot of intent or interest in Notre Dame. So to me, it shows his commitment kind of to Notre Dame, I guess. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, you, like you're walking in, you're announcing your presence with authority. Like you're saying I'm Notre Dame through and through, you know, right? like, like, like that's basically what Catholics versus convicts Wearing that T-shirt says, if you're still a recruit and you're walking into an event like this, I'm Notre Dame 
through and through and you know forget you if uh if you if you think anything different about it and i i love the fact that miami fans are still so butthurt about this whole thing you know <laughs> it's like 35 years later and counting and they still can't get over it just watching that 30 for 30 from a couple years back that they did and it's 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 a bold move it's a great move if if you're uh styles prescott i love it and yes they do play miami next year so that's it's gonna be i don't know yeah i think vince and i were talking about this a couple of weeks ago the the you know that used to be one of the great Notre Dame rivals, Notre Dame and Miami, but it's just another game now, you know. You hope it's going to be an exciting game. Should be a good game next year, but it's just another game. It's I don't think that it's included as a rivalry game anymore because it's just been off the schedule so much for the last 30 plus years. Speaking of rivals, I don't know if this is a rival <laughs> thing, but so we've got coach on coach and player on coach verbal assaults going on. You've got new Broncos head coach Sean Payton saying former Broncos head coach and current Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett did, quote, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, end quote, with Russell Wilson in the Broncos last year. So that prompts Aaron Rodgers to go off on NFL Network. Here's his quote. Hackett is arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. I thought it was very out of line, inappropriate, and I think he needs to keep my coach's name out of his mouth, end quote. So, Jess, you've got Sean Payton shooting off on one side, Aaron Rodgers shooting off on the other side. Do you have a problem with anything either one of them said? So, how do I – I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this because there's multiple pieces for it to it for me. Um I think overall the situation is petty. Like it should have never happened. Um, I think I, I do have a problem with what uh, Sean Payton said on behalf or speaking about Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but actually someone who I surprisingly agree with for once in this lifetime is Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't <laughs> mind him. Like after what was said, I don't mind him coming out and saying what he said, but I don't think that Sean Payton should have said anything in the first place. And so it should never prompted anything. And so all this, again, is, is just a bunch of petty crap for me. But I actually respect Aaron Rodgers for sticking up uh, for, for his coach because, you know, Vince and I kind of talked about this a little bit last week. I think Sean Payton is completely out of line saying something about Nathaniel Hackett. I think there is really? no – I don't think there's any reason for him to say, you know, what the condition of things were left. It was a one-year head coach. It was a guy who's never coached before. Um, and I just think that in, those, in that type of situation – there's really no need for Sean Payton to comment on anything. Why can't he just, you know, observe, absorb kind of everything? And, and again, there's no real reason to tarnish kind of Hackett's name uh, by, by, you know, throwing out these kind of stray bullets, right? Um, and so to me, again, what this boils down to is I think this is a worse look for the, for the Broncos ownership and GM situation because they're really? the ones who hired Hackett. They're the ones who brought on Hackett. Well, they're the guy – they, they brought in a guy who's never had any coaching experience before – they're the ones who brought in everything around it, kind of all threw it at him and say, hey, you're a first-year head coach. Just kind of figure all this out. So if anything, I think it's Sean Payton. Sean Payton is indirectly throwing comments at the same people who I are mean, paying his bills at the end of the day. He's doing a couple of things. You know, one, he's protecting – he's kind of giving Russell Wilson an excuse in sort of, you know, in public, you know, making this excuse for Russell Wilson. Two, 
he's giving himself kind of a fallback. They won five games last year with Russell Wilson. And in the meantime, the Seahawks got better without Russell Wilson. Let's not forget that. So, right. Like, so Sean Sean Payton is kind of building in excuses for everybody by doing this. The Aaron Rodgers side, I've got zero problem with, uh, you know, a player, you know, he's obviously coming out publicly and, and sticking up for one of his coaches. I think that, that Nathaniel Hackett being with the Jets played a big part in Aaron Rodgers' decision to go there. But I'll just say this. <laughs> I've got no problem with anything either of these guys said. Like, you know that these coaches think this kind of stuff about other coaches all the time, but none of them are willing to, you know, to sit there with a microphone in front. And he said this, he did this in a USA Today interview. None of them want to say anything bad about these other guys. They all give you the, you know, the polished, rehearsed answers to everything. So why should we be mad at Sean Payton for coming out and actually saying something when nobody else wants to say anything? So I've got like, and he came back and he apologized. He's like, well, I was still wearing my TV hat you know, because he was on Fox and all this stuff last year. I, I realize, you know, again, like he's saying this about a guy who he followed, you know, he took his job, but I've got no problem with him saying it. And the best part about this whole thing is like, you couldn't have written the script for this any better because these two teams are going to play in week five. And it's like giving us all, it's like a pro wrestling you know, card buildup that we're getting out of this whole thing. They're shooting back and forth and, you know, they're cutting promos left and right for the NFL and the network. So I've got no problem with, with anything either of these said. Sean, Sean Payton spoke his truth. Aaron Rodgers spoke his truth. And you know, I would rather have that because it gives us something to talk about, something actual interesting to talk about. And again, not, not getting these vanilla comments, you know, that, that you usually get from coaches. It's not coaches speak by any means. Yeah, I respect that. Um, and it's definitely opened me up to a side of things I haven't I didn't think of. And I guess because like you were saying, there's obvious, you know, a lot of coaches do a lot of talking behind each other's back. And um, the, I do respect Peyton for, you know, basically just being upfront about it. There was no going behind anyone's back. He was very, you know, said how he honestly felt. And that's also, you know, respectable and admirable at the same time. And yeah, like I get it. Hackett was bad last year. It was objectively bad coaching. But again, <laughs> it's a guy in his first year and he was thrown a lot of pieces and told to make it work. So like it just it doesn't like no one's riding Cliff's Kingsbury right now. Like there was an article today. No, I mean, that's Cliff Kingsbury as well. And his lack of. That's true. You know, I think uh, I think the job and King, detail and stuff. And like that's that. a fair point, too. The job Kingsbury did with more of a roster in Arizona, I think, was definitely worse than the Broncos, even though, you know, the Broncos are kind of in an in-between place right now with what they've got on their roster. I guess what I'm saying is all of these guys are still actively coaching. So there's no reason to publicly slander someone as they're still actively coaching. Cause it's still a ring of coaches who, especially in the NFL, like guys get second opportunities guys, you know, there's the average, I feel like length of a coaching tenureship is like two to three years. And then they're on to somewhere else. So yeah. it's like, that's the only part I didn't respect is that he's, you know, in a ring of guys who are, it's ultimately kind of like a bro code almost, right? Like you don't just yeah, publicly air out your other, that's, your other. That's my co-workers. point. That's why, that's why to me, it's fun to hear it because there is a bro code. They typically don't come out and slam each other like that. But again, 
he's he's gonna have to put up or shut up now because he's gonna play the Jets in week five and it's gonna be yeah, on and like CBS. you said he's really kind of added this cushion for himself of like yeah. oh everything was so bad last year and it's like well if you're just as bad or worse then you've really dug yourself a grave right right but he better be ready because I, I think if Hackett and Aaron Rodgers have their chance and and they're in the you know they're they're primed to just run it up if 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 the situation presents itself against the Broncos in that game. So Jesse Subway is offering free sandwiches for life <laughs> to someone who's willing to legally change their name to Subway. They'll be given $750 to cover the expenses of the name change. Would you do it? <laughs> so if you asked me this question a year ago, I would have been like a one out of 10. Today, <laughs> I'm like a three out of 10. Their sandwiches are a lot better. I like that they've you know revamped their menu. They got all these... You know, athletes, uh, whether it be Charles Barkley, Steph Curry, um, you know, I can't. There's multiple people. But again, I, I like the rebranding they've done. I like Subway Christophic says yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that their sandwiches are better. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm saying a year ago from now, I'm considering or sorry, I'm considering it more now than I would have a year ago. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would never do it as enticing um, as it sounds, if it was Jersey Mike's, I think you might have a strong shot um, out of me. But Subway Subs just, you know, they've they've run their course on me. Uh, it would nice to be, you know, have free sandwiches for life. But I think I'd get really over it and then I'd get tired of hiring people call me Subway, you know, all the time. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Carlos is bringing the heat. Three shows, one day. Thank you very much. Glad to have you here. <laughs> Carlos. And uh, there's no way I could do it either. I would not want to be referred to as Subway. I couldn't go for it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what product it would have to be. You know, like what, a, you know, gasoline styres, you know, if I got gasoline <laughs> yeah. life or something or that kind of rhymes though. Yeah, that's right. Old, old gasoline styres. He's on fire. <laughs> Blimpy. Blimpy. Ooh, Blimpy. Even, ooh, man, I haven't had a Blimpy in a long time, and I think there's a reason why. <laughs> who's who's the White Castle of the group? Oh, that's that would – see, now that one would – that would make you think there, wouldn't it? Josh, by the way, wants to know how bad Dallas looked at training. Man, camp. that's just a straight shot for no reason. I know. They did – I did make uh, – my uh, my trip to Oxnard last week when I was in California. Is it the first time it. you've ever been to Oxnard? It is. Very That's pretty first cool. Time. Yeah. We did the whole, like, Central Coast California thing from Monterey, <laughs> San Luis Obispo, <laughs> and all the way down into Oxnard. Number one ND fan has a pretty good one. Number one ND fan, Mountain Dew Driscoll. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know if Vince is still there. I don't know what his would be. If uh, I don't know what his his limit would be, if he would go in on the subway or not. 
his would be how many how many is it just one per him every day or does he get one for every member of his family every day i think that'd be the deciding line for vince that's especially five years ago if they did you know like one of those one of those monster (laughs) subs you know like if it was one of those he could just cut it up for everyone i think it'd be the darios for a week that's right (laughs) he would his, I, I know his wife might be pushing for it. <laughs> Alfredo did. I knew it was going to be something that rhymed. And I it would, would be Italian. Say, I thought he would say like Whopper Dario or something like that. <laughs> Big Mac Dario. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny how pro training camp and college training camp are not that dissimilar. Um, the Cowboys did not show very much, and what they did with. When they did do anything, they had two practice fields outside like Notre Dame. And, of course, when they were doing anything somewhat live, they did it on the far field away, you know, as far away from as many people as possible. So they didn't show a lot. The funniest thing that happened was early in practice. They had the like Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, the head coach, you know, who's taken over the offense this year. He was down there with the quarterbacks. They had the quarterbacks thrown into those nets and you know how they've got like those big, uh, you know, like the slots, you know, the yeah. holes in the net, they have three different holes. And when Dak would hit the target, you know, he would get cheered pretty loudly just for hitting a, you know, a net target that was hanging underneath the goalpost. <laughs> when he would miss the target, he was booed pretty lustily as well. None of the other quarterbacks got cheered or booed, but Dak got both uh, based on how he, did or didn't hit the target in the net. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Something I wanted to sneak in here. We're about 24 hours away from the trade deadline. Do you have any, uh, if you had to hypothesize any big moves, do you think it's going to be relatively quiet? Do you think there's something big getting ready to happen? What are your overall thoughts with about, I know you probably watch more MLB network during the day than I do. So you kind of seem probably more of, you know, some some rumors or stuff going around. I'm just curious of potentially stuff that you've heard. I've heard a lot about Verlander. Um, but, yeah, I'm just curious, with about 24 hours left, what what kind of big blockbuster move do you anticipate, if any? D-Hawk says Verlander to Baltimore. I think the Orioles have got to make a big move. The, the Otani thing is still interesting because – Well, the Angels have basically said they're going to getting... ride it out, and now they're trading for everyone. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. <laughs> They've been buyers – but just within the last 24 hours or so, I've started to see even more about Otani maybe moving. And they're talking about the big markets, you know, I've being heard New in York, play. Chicago, and uh, the, one other one. Yeah, the Cubs. I've heard like, the Cubs, and the Cubs got the money to do it. I, hey, I didn't want to bring that up, but it's, I've, I've heard it more than once now. Would you, how far in? And you got Suzuki already, you know, in Chicago. I think that helps a little bit, you know? I mean, would you, that's, that's a very good point. Like you'd have a teammate. He could, that's what I mean. And they both, both of them would be buddies together. You go in and you get him this year and then you've potentially got an ace plus a, you know, the best bat in your lineup. Right. If you're able to re-sign him down the road. What do you, uh, what do you think of the Rangers kind of going, uh, pushing their chips in, got a lot of starting pitching, right? They got, um, was it Scherzer, Scherzer. And Montgomery from the Cardinals? Montgomery's all right. That's not really, that's more of a depth piece, I feel like, the back end of your rotation. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting. 
I think what, what a lot of people, you know, brought up, um, I can't remember what broadcast I was listening to the other day, but I think the most exciting thing right now is compared to in years past, I mean, we just like the Orioles are leading their division. The Texas Rangers are leading the division. Um, the, the Reds are leading their division, you know, like it, you're just seeing a lot of teams that we haven't really CB divisional leaders in a while. And I think that's pretty fun about baseball. Now you're seeing them being aggressive about their moves. Like the Orioles are, are going to get aggressive here before the deadline. And the Rangers have already been, you know, aggressive before the deadline. And I'm curious to see who's going to sell it all off. I think the Cardinals are going to be one of those teams to kind of sell it all off here in a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so as well, the way things are played out for them. And, you know, the Cubs were were sort of, all, you know, teetering. What what are they going to do? And then they rattle off eight straight, and all of a sudden they're right in the thick of things. Now they've got a big decision to make in terms they gotta of who add they someone go out in that bullpen. Yeah. I think at the they, very least they add someone in the bullpen, and you might try to get a first baseman for depth. I've heard Jan Mankato. From the White Sox, the Cubs and White Sox are very notorious about swipping, you know, sorry, not swipping, swapping, swapping players at the deadline just because it's an easy transition. It's the same city. Um, so, you know, oh, wow. They just got Candelario from the Nationals. That's huge. And I believe Candelario is he a was guy a Cub who was at in, one point. Yeah, he was in the Cubs organization for a while. I so want to say he was a yeah. part of that Aroldis Chapman trade, but I could be wrong. That sounds right. Wow. And so what makes that interesting to me is, you know, Candelario, they're lacking first and third baseman this year, but they've got away with allowing Bellinger to play first base because Talkman has been so tremendous in center field. I mean, the guy just robbed a home run to to win the game the other night, but, you know, saved a walk off from the Cardinals. And so Morrell is like the the obvious long-term situation at third, but it seems like they're just not ready for him to be there yet. So Candelario is the, uh, is kind of the rental for the rest of the season. Yeah. Very interesting. You know, not a huge move, but decent piece. We'll see. I mean, they're platooning three guys at third base right now. So obviously getting that was something that they wanted to address. Getting the most out of, are you, are you more sold on David Ross as a manager today than you were three weeks ago? I have to say, yeah, ago. because he got them to win when they really needed to win, and they're the they're the they're, they're the team with the highest batting average, the most runs scored since the All Star break. Like they've just been mashing the baseball all around. Um, so yeah, there's coaching involved with that. I just I guess my frustration would be, where has this been all season? They're the only team in the division with a plus or minus run differential. You know how much that matters to a lot of people. I don't know. But I just you look at their roster and you look at you know run again run differential, I, they just should be a little bit better. And I, I still question Ross's um, continuous lineup changes. There's guys I like I get it moving guys around, but just no one's got a set spot. It feels like anymore. Everyone's do we know that it's around. all? Do we do we know that it's all coming for him from him though, or is it yeah. you know, front office analytics? That's what's hard to so it's hard to tell these days is who's actually pulling the strings because so many of the decisions are made by the analytics department who just, you know, spit out the sheet and hand it to the manager that given day. Yeah. And that's obvious. Yeah. It's something you got to look at. And I guess I'll kind of end it here. I still, I still question his bullpen uh, decisions when he brings in kind of certain guys here and there um, and who he decides to go to. Um, So We'll see. There's about 55 games left. Cubs are three and a half out. It's anyone's division. The 
They're obviously all in now because they acquired Candelario. But this is to me, this is like when the baseball season is at its best. You know, the trade deadline, it shows who's committed to all in and all out. And then you got about 55 games remaining uh, to to figure it out, you know. Yep. Thank you very much, Derek. And we will wrap it up with that tonight. Man, we've got a lot coming up this week. We've got uh, another practice viewing in the morning, of course, and then we won't have anything until Saturday. But uh, once Saturday hits, then we'll be uh, we'll be out there quite a bit for the next few days after that. So a lot coming up. So it's training camp, baby, and we are inching our way. I think we're 26 days away from kickoff at this point on August 26. Smash the like button on your way out. We do appreciate it. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review. And we will talk to you tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk.